0: I'm Euro.
1: I'm Chris. And, and this, this is, is Forkbomb.
0: March thirteenth, twenty seventeen. And today we're gonna be talking about. I don't know. We could, We can't decide what to call this episode. So, uh, so today's today's episode is called nothing. We have ta- We have stuff to talk about. But we don't know what to call it because we have conflicting, uh, uh, I don't know, conflicting information.
1: I don't know about conflicting. I mean, maybe it's just so much fun information that we don't want to limit the amount of fun that we have with it.
0: Okay. Conflicting fun information. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is what we originally wanted to call it. What if Intel never existed? Everybody knows Intel and everything. But the problem with that is that uh, there was another company before Intel called Fairchild. And, uh, and if, we, if we talk about Intel not existing, well, then, then did Fairchild exist? Because a lot of the inventions from Fairchild went straight to Intel. Um, I think that eventually everything that Intel made later, Fairchild would have made because they had the same engineers. Uh, mostly uh, the the key ones uh, Gordon Moore and uh Bob Noyce so um so then we'd have to say okay well the, then the topic should be called what if fairchild never existed that's great except uh not a lot of people know fairchild um so but everybody knows intel um so we didn't we didn't really want to call it that and then we we thought okay well what if fairchild existed but uh Bob Noyce, who the who was the founder of Fairchild, um what if what if he didn't exist? Well then Fairchild wouldn't exist. So what if Bob Noyce existed, but then he he went bankrupt? So, uh, then then Fairchild wouldn't have existed, and then the topic wouldn't have been called what if Intel never existed? <laughs> so you see, it's this big deal, and uh and we can't really figure out what to call it.
1: <laughs> and really our when we started off with what if Intel never existed, well, Intel was pretty much the same crew as Fairchild with a few exceptions, but the reality of the situation is the entire computing industry is standing on the shoulders of four, five, six well-known giants who had key ideas at the right times and... Without them, without those extremely talented, extremely motivated people, Intel would never have existed, Fairchild, or our digital lifestyles as we know it. So it's that's why I was thinking it's really hard to say, well, why just Intel? What if, I mean, we can say what if Intel never existed, but what if Bob Noyce got hit by a bus? Or like you were saying, off recording uh what if he did live but decided to go and become a doctor and play golf for the rest of his life
0: right and then and then gordon moore all of a sudden didn't want to start intel he he just uh he's perfectly happy at fairchild uh but you know then then with fairchild it still developed everything i don't know so i think that at this point we need to explain to to people who bob noyce uh who bob noyce was and uh and an, another really um, a, and a, and another really talented engineer his name is uh, Federico Fagan we also need to uh to uh talk about him and maybe uh maybe Ted Hoff and uh these other brilliant engineers whom we owe a lot to and, and we hardly hear about them
1: agreed uh, um would you like to start or would you like me to start
0: uh no go ahead i've been talking a lot
1: Okay, so I guess we'll start in with the history of Intel. So the two main people behind Intel are Robert Noyce and Gordon Moore of Moore's Law. And they founded Intel in 1968 when they left Fairchild Semiconductor. However, Fairchild is where we first got the the concept of integrated circuits or the ability to uh, enable all the components of a circuit to be imprinted and connected in a single silicon chip. While they did not invent this idea, originally at least the first person to have thought of it and written it down was Jack Kilby of Texas Instruments, Robert Noyce was the first one who had the idea of creating integrated circuits out of silicon instead of germanium. The problem with germanium is that it it was too expensive and too time-consuming to create and so without the idea of creating it out of silicon, we integrated circuits may never have made it to market. So we might may not even have had integrated circuits which were an improvement on um What's the word? Uh, discrete, um, discrete yeah. sets of circuitry designed to do a specific thing.
0: Either that or integrated circuits would have been uh, more expensive, and the amount of integrated circuits that we use now, um, it would have been prohibitively expensive to to build computers uh, out of. Um, you know, to to build. Um, to build smartphones, things like that. Uh, everything uses integrated circuits nowadays. Uh, everything has processors, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, to, to, to make them out of different materials and, and not silicone would have, made it, uh, would have made your phones and, and, and laptops and, and computers much more expensive. The thing about it is I know that over time and as, as, uh, as manufacturing process uh, gets more refined, it, t- it tends to get cheaper to manufacture um but but still um making it out of out of silicone is just it's so it 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 really really made it cheap from the get-go and that was important because then the manufacturing process just it just it, it caught up but it was already pretty cheap to manufacture so um so that was that was important and that's what that's what really that was one of the things that Bob Noyce did that, uh, really earned everybody's respect. Um, we, we, we really do owe a lot, um, to him, uh, and, and the engineers that were working with him. Um, so, so I, I read that, uh, that Bob Noyce actually in the beginning, since, you know, manufacturing hadn't caught up and everything, uh, he, they had made, um, they were selling, they were selling integrated circuits for high a higher cost than it was to produce it, which was driving the engineers crazy and the people in the manufacturing. Uh and I bet you all the finance people were going crazy too. But his thought was that demand would would eventually catch up.
1: I think you mean the all. other way around. He was selling it at a lower cost than it was to produce it.
0: Oh, did I did I say that all backwards? It's okay. <laughs> yes that's what i meant
1: (laughs) selling it at a loss
0: (laughs) selling it at a loss yes yes i don't know why i said that all weird um yeah so uh so that was uh that was some some insight there that noise had um to be able to accurately predict that you know integrated circuits were going to take off the demand was going to be there so um so, so he would. Uh, he he was. Uh, he 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 almost bet on it, and and he won.
1: And since integrated circuits, since we, since they were so far uh, ahead of its time, and just what they were, and what you could do with them, use cases had to be invented for them. In fact, Fairchild released a a promotional video. <laughs> I saw uh, that. talking all about how integrated circuits were made and what you can do with them and who was already using them. And honestly, I found it fascinating. I'm definitely putting that one in the show notes. It's two engineers awkwardly reading off really technical <laughs> stuff, trying to uh, talk about how great integrated circuits are and how they're made. And it's it's really neat to see the 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 birth of something that we take so much for granted because we, we have them in everything. And we're talking like n- not even processors yet, just basic integrated circuits. And even if we didn't have the microprocessor, the microprocessor uh, today, we would still have integrated circuits everywhere in everything.
0: Integrated circuits and you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so, so with, uh, with integrated circuits, uh, it's funny, we've been talking about all this stuff, but yet we haven't even reached Intel. um, so, uh, Bob Noyce, after inventing the, uh, uh, coming up with the integrated circuits, um, the, the manufacturing portion and, 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 and doing well in that, um, Bob Noyce and Gordon Moore decided to leave Fairchild, uh, to start. Another company. So um, I suppose that, uh, f- from from what I gathered, it it was that Bob Noyce and a few other engineers were their their company that they had started became very. I almost want to say corporate, and um, a lot of the politicalness was going on and everything, and uh, and that's exactly what they didn't like and what they. Actually, they all came from um, uh, Bob. Noise came from uh, from another semiconductor company called Shockley Shockley Semiconductors, and so he left that to form Fairchild. And now he's he left Fairchild to form another company because he he didn't really like that that whole um, that whole you know when big companies become too uh, political and um, uh, he he wanted to keep it more like a I almost want to say a startup but you know to say intel and, and startup at the in the same sentence is a meritocracy weird,
1: but... yes he wanted right. it to be a meritocracy where everyone is equal and it's right. all based on your your drive and your ability
0: right and your merits
1: do you do you remember uh, what the name of um ba- the nickname that bob noyce's crew the eight of them had when they left shockley
0: um, when they, when they left Shockley, they they did have a nick- nickname, didn't they? Like,
1: the Traitorous Eight.
0: Oh, yeah? Yep.
1: <laughs> I think that's just a, a really good gang name.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, oh man, I, I would, would love to go back in time and, uh, and, and somehow bump into all those guys and, and, and be a part of that because they were definitely a part of history.
1: And if if uh for anyone who's never seen a video of, of Bob Noyce speaking, it's he's a really charismatic guy. He has this really persuasive, deep voice, extremely articulate he has this odd mix of engineer, uh self sufficient entrepreneur, uh charismatic powerhouse that can convince you of everything. He's like um I don't know, he's He's a a true Renaissance man, I would say.
0: If you thought that Steve Jobs was charismatic, Steve Jobs was listening to Bob Noyce.
1: In, in fact, Steve Jobs was friends with Bob Noyce.
0: That's right. Steve um, Jobs would go to Bob Noyce's house. Yeah, have dinner and go on and, have dinner, and, and and Steve Jobs would listen to Bob Noyce. He Bob Noyce was 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 driving everything. And this is Steve Jobs. I mean, he's the one that takes control. And then just runs with it, and it was Bob Noyce that was doing that. So, um, yeah, definitely, um,
1: he was definitely a a mentor to to Steve Jobs. So, I mean, without Bob Noyce, maybe Steve Jobs wouldn't have gotten the uh, the the inspiration uh, that he had to go as far as he did.
0: That's right. We may not have an Apple if it wasn't for uh, for Bob Noyce maybe Steve Jobs wouldn't have been inspired um so so back to uh back to Intel so noise and more left Fairchild to create another semiconductor company called integrated electronics and uh actually they were they first called it N&M uh semiconductors or N&M electronics i forget which one but uh but they they liked uh they liked uh, integrated electronics better, and then they shortened it to intel
1: actually wasn't it it, it was originally a combination of moore's and now how did it come out it it came out to be like mo noise or more it was um it was more noise and that sounded too much like more noise oh which, which wasn't a good thing definitely right? not what you want in your Electronics, and so they renamed it to um uh, Right, because of Integrated interference. Electronics.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because of uh because of interference, uh, electrical interference, they would call that noise, and so they uh they, they quickly scratched that idea. Neat, but wouldn't have worked out.
1: No, not so much. It's kinda like um the uh Chevy uh Chevy Nova in Spanish speaking countries.
0: <laughs> Doesn't go. Right. Um so now, uh, so at Intel, um, a a bright engineer, his name was uh, Ted Hoff. He came up with the idea of a programmable integrated circuit, the microprocessor.
1: And um, a little bit, a little bit of background there. Um, sorry to cut you off. Please hold that thought. Is, go ahead. And the reason that he came up with this idea was they were working with a Japanese calculator manufacturing company, and. Ted Hoff was looking at well i mean we're we're going to need an integrated circuit for this and an integrated circuit for that, and an integrated circuit for that, and this was his solution to that.
0: They thought about putting all the pieces together into one single chip, so that became the uh the microprocessor
1: one reprogrammable single chip
0: yeah, that's key because uh because that that allowed that single chip to be used in multiple applications. So, uh, so calculator is only the beginning, um, the, uh, the engineer that, uh, designed the first commercial microprocessor was, uh, Federico Fagin, which I believe he's, uh, an Italian immigrant. Um, and he actually used to work at a big company called Olivetti, which I know because, um, because I dealt with some of their products, uh, back in the day.
1: Would it be, if he's Italian, would it be fagin? Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, they are like Spanish vowels. Just guessing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Italian, right? Yeah. They wouldn't say, they wouldn't say fagin.
1: No. They, they have formal values there. They have formal vowels there. They're not barbarians okay. like uh, we Americans are.
0: All right. I like that. Federico fagin. Okay. Well, um. so... So... <laughs> Thinking about it this way, actually, if he hadn't worked at intel we i mean we we probably wouldn't have the the design of the microprocessor i mean it was it was still the idea came up by Ted Hoff, but Federico actually uh designed it, so would yes. somebody else have taken his place perhaps, but he was the one that did it, so if he didn't work at Intel, maybe it would have taken longer to have the first commercial microprocessor. So
1: to backtrack a little bit about something that was skipped over uh, regarding Fairchild, Fairchild uh, was founded October 1st, 1957. Three days later on October 4th, 1957, Sputnik was launched and the space race began and our government started pouring tons of money into electronics. So the timing there could not have been better, so we can't help but wonder if it wasn't Fairchild who would it have been that suddenly would have started getting tons of funding from our government and what inventions would they have come up with would they have come up with similar inventions like the integrated circuit would it have been uh, uh where was it where i uh, would have been texas texas instruments who would have been um coming out with their germanium-based uh integrated circuits, and then saying, you know what? This sucks. Let's just go with silicon. That seems so much easier.
0: Or even Shockley.
1: And Shockley was one of the inventors of the transistor.
0: That's right. Yes. Something as huge as that. Uh, they may have come up with uh, the... the uh, they may have come up with ICs um, later on. I, I think that uh, that it would have been later, though. I, I don't think that... that I, I think that without Bob Noyce and Team... I don't think the integrated circuit would have been uh would have been a commercial success at the time that it was. So we may have seen integrated circuits come out in the late 60s uh 70s perhaps 80s and so that would have kind of slowed the whole um process of the uh, computer evolution or the computer revolution um you know we may we may have been stuck with uh with uh older base transistors um I don't want to say vacuum tubes, but, uh, but definitely, uh, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have gone through that computer revolution we did in the seventies and eighties, uh, if, if it hadn't been for Intel. And
1: And that possibly could have slowed us down in this, in, in the uh, space race. For all we know, that could have been the uh, difference of who made it to the moon first.
0: Could have been, could have been. Although the, the Soviets were, were using, uh, their own equipment, but, uh, but Hey, maybe they, they were also using some of, uh, Fairchild ICs, you know, they they could have had people here bring chips over there. I don't know. Um, so uh, back to uh, Mr. Fagin, he. Uh, so if he hadn't worked at Intel, the microprocessor could have been delayed. I don't think it would have been stopped. I mean, Ted Hoff had come up with it, but but without without uh, without Federico's. Um, uh, Design expertise. I think that the the first chip, the four thousand four, would have been released later, and perhaps the Halter, uh, which used a later version of the microprocessor, the uh, um, a later version. I want to say the eighty eighty eight. No, 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 no. The eight thousand eight. They 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 may have gone off to to use a different processor too. Um, Another another noteworthy thing about Federico is that he created a company. He actually left Intel to create a company called Zilog. And the thing about Zilog is that it was a vastly superior version of the Intel chip that they came up with, a microprocessor. And uh, not a lot of people know, um, but the chip in the original Game Boy, which was actually a Zilog chip, which was the Z80. And the Z80 was a very popular chip. To put onto uh, microcomputers back in the in the in the 80s. So um, so yeah, I mean, if he hadn't worked for Intel, per- perhaps for Intel, perhaps he wouldn't have started his iLog and then we would be using either some other chip or maybe maybe Intel would have powered the Game Boy. But if Intel had never been, I'd be, all right right, no Intel.
1: <laughs> so either way we slice it, this all leads up to a world without a Game Boy.
0: World without a Game Boy, but you know what? I haven't mentioned one important thing and it's that despite all of this you know Intel coming up with the first microprocessor the 4004 um which uh, by the way was uh um Mr. Federico came up with uh something called the silicon gate technology uh he uh and he implemented that with the microprocessor um that and some other of his designs allowed the uh, that microprocessor to work five times faster and with fewer transistors. So uh, so definitely we have a lot to thank him for as well. Um, uh, but despite all of this, guess who we still would have had though? Who's we that? We still would have had AMD. So it would be Fairchild and AMD instead of Intel and AMD competing.
1: So how would we still have had AMD? I'm not familiar with their story. Well,
0: because because the, the engineers from... So there was a lot of people leaving Fairchild at the time that Bob Noyce left. Uh, some went to Intel, but some other ones decided, well, they wanted to come up with their own company too. And uh, and so they did, and uh, that was Advanced Micro Devices. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, so the- we still would have had AMD, and that rivalry would... Uh, Depends on how Fairchild played it. Uh, they, that may have... Uh, we may have run Fairchild chips versus AMDs. You know, whatever. Ryzen or something.
1: <laughs> the funny thing with these people and these these personalities is we, we've all heard the saying in our job, no one is in, indispensable. Do your job or somebody else will. But in the case of Bob Noyce and Gordon Moore and... Uh, Shockley and Fred Fred Fredrico Fagin. It's. I think some of them we could say they were in a, indispensable. They were at such. Such a high specialized level when it comes to this stuff, that, without them, at least one of them we could say without them, we would still be set back today.
0: Yeah. I, I think so. They they definitely their contributions um allowed us to be where we are today. Absolutely. Um you know what I haven't uh really gone over is um uh, it, it's the the reason why microprocessors are 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 so significant to the computer revolution and it was that Later on, Intel came out with the 8080 microprocessor. This was after the Altair and everything, um, and after the Apple II. Um, The 8080 microprocessor was used in the personal computer that IBM made. So that was huge. Uh, First of all, that brought Intel lots of money, and Intel was focusing on RAM back then. Computer memory was was their focus, Uh, integrated circuits of course and they were using that towards computer memory Uh, um, that was their core of their business until the microprocessor took off, until IBM signed that deal with Intel and then all IBM PCs were running uh, the Intel microprocessor and other companies like AMD uh, were cloning the microprocessor by Intel to put in their own computers so that's how. That's how important Intel's history goes. Um, you know, what, what, if Intel hadn't existed, would would the computer revolution have taken off? Would it, IBM have used a different chip? Would IBM have designed their own chip? Um, you know, uh, Motorola they could have designed the uh, microprocessor instead, but uh, but without uh, Bob Noyce's expertise and everything no Federico Fagin, Fagin there. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, it's so many, uh, so many questions here.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really hard, hard to say with this one. One thing that is easy to say though, is what things would be like without the microprocessor because of how many things they are currently in.
0: Well, I mean, Intel was putting microprocessors in everything. Um, they were. They called it embedded control devices. Things like, things like elevators have microprocessors. Gas pumps, um, uh, toasters. <laughs> everything lights. has some version of a microprocessor. Everything.
1: Like literally everything. Our cars. Right. It's. I mean, uh, just l- looking out of the room, I can name. I don't know two things right now that doesn't have a maybe three a, a microprocessor in it. Uh, the these blinds, my bed sheets, and a door.
0: I have a lamp here that might have a microprocessor in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everything nowadays does. It makes me wonder how people lived back in the '40s and '50s without them. Um, I know things were much more manual back then. So um, we have we have the microprocessor, and you know Bob Noyce, Gordon Moore. Mr. Federico to thank for uh, amongst other engineers of course there is
1: one thing one other thing though um, that is noteworthy and today we, we live in a society where we consider uh, things to be disposable they break we just throw them out and replace them and there was a time when that wasn't always the case and actually there's a little bit of irony coming up here um so Bob Noyce, he he grew up in in Iowa. It was a tiny um in a tiny uh in a tiny town where church was the center of, of community and they had a very congregational type of lifestyle. And when things broke, they didn't throw them out, that they just fixed them. Because that was what they had to do. It wasn't as easy as just, oh, you know, order it on Amazon or eBay or whatever, or just go down to the nearest store. They they couldn't, but when the integrated circuit started, Bob Noyce had the vision of creating things that that he he basically created the notion of planned obsolescence and disposable devices, and is right. even on record of saying, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but. We're going to make devices that can't be fixed. They'll just be thrown out. Um, that's a terrible paraphrasing of it. But the irony is someone who was so self-sufficient and was so used to, well, if this thing is broken, I just had to fix it or reuse it in some other way would sp- spearheaded the revolution of, well, it's broken, throw it out. And you.
0: Yeah, I mean, who's gonna go and fix an IC? You know. Yeah, and most who's of the time. Fix you... an integrated circuit. Most of
1: the time, you can't. Right. You you just can't.
0: Yeah, you'd have to either replace the board or, most of the time, you can't. You're right. Um. That that is interesting. I, I didn't really think about that. Um. It it, it was. I mean good for them, you know, they, they they came out with a product that people had to replace. They they couldn't repair it. Nobody yeah. could. But then uh, maybe
1: if uh if Intel never existed, if uh Fairtiled, if if Bob Noyce was hit by a bus, we would still be able to fix our stuff.
0: But but it wouldn't be as cool.
1: No, no, it wouldn't.
0: Um, other things that That uh, that would be affected if we didn't have the microprocessor. If Intel hadn't existed, and for some reason no other company came up with a microprocessor, would be uh, work. So I work with computers. I wouldn't be able to do my job without them. So that's important. And other other fields, lots and lots of fields, would be affected by this Um, global connectivity. Uses micro uh you know, the things like the the, the phone company uh, the cell cell phones, everything uses microprocessors. Uh, business the way we conduct business today with the internet. Uh, nope, none of that would be possible. The uh, advances in medical equipment. Go ahead.
1: I'm sorry. The advances in medical equipment.
0: Right. Uh, medicine. Uh, home appliances. TV. Transportation everything would be affected. Now, I don't want to say that without Intel none of these things would have uh would would be the same as we have today. Perhaps another company would have stepped forward, maybe even IBM would have come up later with the microprocessor with the idea of the microprocessor, but um yeah, remember IBM wanted to make big industrial things, you know. They they weren't out there for for little small things like phones and stuff. So, um so they 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 may have invented more enterprise level things but uh uh i and i'm talking about the micro and then maybe another company like a m d uh might have might have uh might have may have cloned it or done something with that and then we we would all be using AMD devices uh but um but i think that uh that intel definitely we we have a lot to thank for um for that uh you know Intel's contribution they they brought a lot of bright engineers all in one place uh they they started it's interesting they started their their company with computer memory and actually I've seen some flash drives and things like that made by Intel I actually have one uh I have a um it's one of the what is it like a uh I've seen I've seen Intel memory and uh things like that I have an SSD um so Intel SSD Uh, But um, but it's just uh, it's interesting. They started out their company with computer memory, moved over to the microprocessor and now they're making memory and things like that again. So and they also um,
1: set the the uh, they also laid the the framework for how startups in Silicon Valley operate that 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 spirit, that culture that was that was Bob Noyce.
0: I wonder if we would have an, uh, a Silicon Valley with, uh, without Intel, without Bob Noyce. Um, if, you know, we, it was- if we did,
1: it, it wouldn't be the same. Like He was just wanting to get away from the East Coast way, uh, the, the East Coast hierar- hier- hierarchical, I cannot say that word,
0: the hierarchy <laughs> style
1: uh, way of doing business. He wanted to get away from that.
0: Yeah, and the relaxed culture of Silicon Valley definitely reflects Bob Noyce's idea of uh you know getting away from um from, from how business was conducted in the East Coast. So, um I know Fairchild started in uh in the West Coast. Um so I guess we would have it if Fairchild was a thing, and that's why we can't come up with the title of this of the show because we don't know if it's a Fairchild thing or an Intel thing or what, but I know if uh if Bob Noyce hadn't existed, uh perhaps uh perhaps Silicon Valley wouldn't be what it is today. Uh maybe it would just be a normal city and Silicon Valley would be elsewhere in the East Coast. Um so uh you know things like uh so Noyce after after Noyce actually had to uh do two jobs at, at once uh in the late eighties. Uh, right before his death, um, he he actually started a consortium of uh, like sharing technologies with other competitors because the the uh, foreign markets in ICs and computer memory was was very strong. Uh, the Japanese were bringing in computer memory that was uh, very cheap, so uh, they were fiercely competing against American companies, against Intel, and so Intel had to shift. They had a pivot over to the microprocessor uh, and um, so noise thought that um, that uh, that in order to to compete uh, not only is the microprocessor something that they wanted to uh, to move forward with but but they also should share technology with other giants uh, and so he started uh, a consortium to share technology called Semitech. and um, so that was another noteworthy thing that uh that Bob Noyce did and um just just thought that uh you know Bob Noyce worked uh almost all the way to his death um you know after after he had uh he had left Semitech that was only a few years later uh, it, you know he di- he pretty much died uh right after that so um so we could say that he worked most of his life and I think that running Intel, and running Semitech really took a toll on his life.
1: Maybe. And it's kind of sad because he always stayed very healthy too. He was uh, really into swimming, was always a swimmer, and died of a heart attack right after getting out of the pool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In 1990,
1: I believe it was.
0: A sad day. Um... So I wrote a very very small list of things that we wouldn't uh, that we would still have without Intel. Now, um, this doesn't mean that other companies wouldn't have created the created ICs. Um, and by Intel I mean Fairchild as well. Uh, but that doesn't mean another company wouldn't have created it. It just it may have taken longer uh, or be just more expensive, so we wouldn't use it the same way. As we do today, uh, but in this uh, small list, uh, we we if Fairchild stayed, but Intel did not, <laughs> then we we would definitely have integrated circuits. We have mass productions of ICs by using silicon wafers. We've had the uh, planar process. Uh, AMD would would have come out, and we would still have computer memory. So <laughs> those those are all things that uh, that uh, my small small list uh that uh we would still have without Intel, but uh, but I think that that we would be at a loss if if uh if they hadn't uh if Intel hadn't been made, if if Fairchild hadn't been uh made, if Bob Noyce was ran over by a bus before he left uh um uh, before he left Shockley or or even during Fairchild's time, you know? So
1: I think if that were the case someone still would have come up with the microprocessor because Ted Hoff was still around, um Mr. Fagin was still around. So someone else would would have done it there. I think uh I think if we had Fairchild from beginning to end, but then no Intel, we would still have the the world that we have today. Just slightly different.
0: Um I don't really have anything else to say. Um, I mean, we can go into the whole Microsoft Intel thing, the Wintel chips and everything, but that's that's later. Yeah,
1: I don't have anything else to say either.
0: I mean, Intel is pretty huge, uh, just like Microsoft is. Um, so, But I think we covered the basics. Um, yeah.
1: Definitely. I think it was very good coverage.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, well then... We should uh, we should wrap it up. We so should wrap it up. That uh, concludes our. We're not sure what to title it. Look at Intel and Robert Noyce and Crew and Fairchild and Integrated Circuits and microprocessors and what ifs from every angle we can think of. Um, that was fun, Euro.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really like these uh, these topics. They're very open ended. Um, we have a lot to, um, to thank for, um, <clears throat> these are, you know, these, these companies are pioneers and, um, and, and, and I, I, n- I never really saw them like that. Like our Microsoft episode, uh, it was almost like I was angry <laughs> and, uh, and Intel, I, I always want AMD to do better, uh, just because they're the underdog, you know, and, and I like, the underdog, but when I look at the history behind Intel, you know I understand. You know I have a I have a new found respect and and admiration now for for these companies.
1: Bob Noyce, especially. I mean, I look at I don't know just just learning about him, looking at what he did, the drive that he had. I feel so inadequate with what I'm doing with my life now compared to him. I think anyone who learns about him. Couldn't help but feel that way.
0: Agreed. Agreed. He's such an inspiration, uh, even after his death. Um, I feel like I should be doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, uh, that about wraps it up for this episode.
1: Yes, uh, thank you everyone for listening, and thank you again, Ural, as always, for the wonderful conversation.
0: Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, you're, you're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> <coughs> I swallowed wrong. What, what did you swallow? Trying to hold it in. <coughs> Are you okay?
0: Uh, yeah. I need to get water, though. <coughs> Let me take a quick break and get some water. All right. All right, hang on.